Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. Good morning, Christ Community Church. To everybody online watching, a um, couple things before we get going. Um, first of all, our condolences uh, to the Tapman family, the loss of uh, Shelley. Uh, there'll be a, a visitation Wednesday evening, I believe, 6 to 8, Roger W. Davis Funeral Home, and the service will be Thursday at 1. Ralph will be officiating that. We will be feeding the family, so if you can help with that, we have some sign-up sheets out there where you can also pick up your uh, giving forms for your taxes, and if you would sign up for that and help us feed the family, we would appreciate if it could be here Thursday before 1 o'clock. Um, we'll take it out from there. Well, on um, lighter news, well, not much lighter. I, I didn't sleep much last night. My wife abandoned me. Um, she was at a, speaking at a conference in Muncie, Indiana. Yeah, oh yeah, big time. Um, and um, so I had to babysit her puppies and deal with them all night. That's like I kept waking up because one or more of them would be licking my nose or my face. Uh, but anyway, she had a, she and Kayla uh, had a good conference. We had, see, this is how this goes. Um, I, I'm speaking especially to the guys here. This is how this goes. Your wife goes, I want a puppy. And she asks for a puppy. So you get her a puppy. The puppy, however, is ornery, wants to chew on everything, including her shoes, and it gets rather aggressive. So you look it up. What do you do? What do they say? Get another puppy. Let the two puppies just take it out on each other. So we did. I had two puppies. I said, that's it. Famous last words. She goes to the groomers, takes the two puppies to the groomers. The groomer has a dog out there for adoption. The dog has sat there since October. So she calls me and says, I want this puppy. I said, no. She said, I really want this puppy. I said, no. Then I got, and all you husbands know this, what do you want to avoid more than anything in your day is to get the look. Right? You get, you get the look. Exactly. You get the look. It's like, can I just go drive off a bridge? Um, you know, and so I was like, okay, fine. Go get the puppy. And she went, she got the puppy. So this is the puppy. Show him, Chris. This is the... Doesn't even register on the scale, so I call him four pounds of fury. Uh, but that's Clark Gable is what she named him. The first one was Humphrey Bogart. The second one, the girl, was Lauren Bacall. This is now... Clark Gables. Now I got three, and I was running a little late this morning because on top of, you know, my wife being gone and not getting a lot of sleep because the puppies usually cuddle up with her, but then last night they wouldn't leave me alone. It's also the reason I'm in sweatpants because I was running out the door after chasing them around the house because they know. Somehow they know when you're leaving, you put them in a crate. They just know. And so I'm just running around trying to chase these things and get them inside the crate and get them a chew stick. And that was my morning. So... Uh, the, the, the video that Chris played is appropriate. I know it sounds kind of harsh. It's from Dr. John Piper, 
a very well-known theologian and pastor out of uh, Minnesota. And uh, Dr. Piper has taken on what's called the health and wealth gospel. We're going to be looking at Proverbs 3, 1 through 12. As we go through Proverbs, we're going to be skipping around a lot because we can't cover all of it before Easter. But this morning we'll be in Proverbs 3, 1 through 12. And I'm going to warn you ahead of time that if you read this out of context, it sounds like the health and wealth gospel. Just take a look at it. Now understand, this is Solomon speaking to his son who he hopes will be king one day. And he says to him, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best thing of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain, your vats will overflow with good wine. I didn't say grape juice, Nazarenes, take a breath, it's wine. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Now you look at that and you say, well, there it is. You have faith in the Lord, live long, have lots of cash. There's a problem with that. And the problem, again, is you have to keep this in context. you got to remember that in the Old Testament, Israel had a covenant or a contract with God. God would be their God. He would be their people. He was, uh, they were to be a priest to the all nations. As I said many times, there's nothing geographically significant about Israel these days. The only reason God chose that strip of land to put his people there is because it was at the crossroads of east and west. If you were Greek or Roman, you had to trade with the Persians, which meant you had to travel through Israel. If you were Egyptian, you wanted to trade with the Persians. You had to go through Israel. If you were Persian and you wanted to trade with the Greeks or the Romans, you had to go through Israel. And so what God wanted Israel to do is the same thing he wants the church to do today, which is to reach out to others to show the world who the one true God is. That was Israel's job. And so in return for that, what he said is, if you do this, if you keep my covenant, I will bless you. And the reason for that was because in that day and in that time, if you were Egyptian or you were Greek or you were Roman or you were Persian, and you go through and you see this land, and it's a strange land because according to God's law, there was to be no one hungry. In fact, God goes so far as to say that if a widow and orphan cries out to me because of injustice or hunger, I will hold you responsible. There's to be no such thing as a stranger. Absolute hospitality. You could knock on anybody's tent in Israel and say, I'm hungry. They'd say, come sit down, I'll feed you. Even if they'd never laid eyes on you before. There was justice. 
There were actual courts. Most places didn't have real courts. And so people would come and say, what, what is this? We've never seen a nation like this. And they say it's because of the one true God. And you can know him too. But if they'd gone in and they'd, they'd seen this, and it's, it's weird, all these, all these people are acting differently, and this is, the, this is a unique nation, but they're dirt poor, they'd say, heck with it. But if they were blessed, people would say, I'm listening. And so that's why he did it. But you get to the New Testament, things change. Now it is your blessing that you get for holding to faith is not material wealth, but eternal life. That's what you get. And the blessing that we give to others is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Things have changed. You look, you need to always remember this. The Bible says a servant is not above his master. How did Christ live? He had no home. He had no money. He lived a short life. We guessed that he died when he was around 33. Most people went into ministry, began speaking publicly at 30, so we know he was over 30. Luke says he wasn't 40. Thanks, Luke. That's really specific. But sometime between 30 and 40, his life ended in torture. And this is why he says to his people, pick up your cross and follow he does not promise you health and wealth. He promises you eternity with him. This whole health and wealth stuff, there's a great book. I can't remember the author's name. You can look it up. It's just called Blessed, the History of the Prosperity Gospel. It's interesting. Back in, this stuff didn't exist until the 19th century. The health and wealth prosperity gospel is only about 200 years old. And it came about because there was a guy in New England, a minister, I believe he was Methodist. That's not to pick on Methodist, it's a fact. I believe he was Methodist. And he began reading what they called then books on spiritualism. Today we would call it New Age. But they called it spiritualism. And it was all coming out of Asia, and it was all this pagan idea that you can speak reality into existence. That if you have enough concentration and focus, you can make whatever you want into reality. And he was reading this and thinking, I can sell this. And he did, unfortunately. And now today, you have pastors who have huge churches. We've been talking since the pandemic and all this other kind of stuff. Almost every church in America has lost attendance, a lot of it, since the beginning of the pandemic. And we've been talking about, okay, how do we reach the unchurched? How do we do these things? We've got a number of things in the works. But the easiest way to do it would be to sell out 
and just tell people what they want to hear. I'm not going to do that, but it's the easiest thing to do. The largest church in America is a health and wealth gospel church in Houston, Texas, Joel Osteen's church. Do you know that in his church there's not one single cross? Because he says that's depressing. It's the heart of the gospel, but... But all this is pagan stuff. But we want it to be real, don't we? We want to be able to speak something into existence, speak health and wealth into existence. That would be great. I like that. I'm attracted to that. If I could speak a winning lottery ticket into existence, I'd do it. Confession, I've tried. Didn't work. This whole thing is pagan. It has absolutely no roots in Scripture whatsoever. The New Testament made it clear. You will be persecuted for my name. Does that sound like health and wealth? God doesn't want, doesn't, God's ultimate desire for you His passion for you is not to be healthy and wealthy, but to be faithful. You'll have all the health you want when you get to heaven. You'll never suffer again. I like the idea of having a nice house and a lot of money in the bank and stocks and a Mercedes-Benz. But I didn't go to medical school. So I ain't going to get it. You go into ministry, you, you know, you shouldn't be to make money. You know, that's the old adage we used to talk about in seminary. Church's prayer for their pastor. Lord, you keep him humble, we'll keep him poor. Don't do this for money. You know, we've got funerals coming up. They tell you something. I don't know how many funerals I've done in the last 22 years. I don't know. Too many, but yet to see a hearse with a luggage rack. I don't care what our society says. One with the most toys does not win. The one with the most disciples does. That's the way it is. And we're already blessed. Yeah, I'd like to, look, my furnace keeps going off. It's doing this weird thing where it gets down to about 68, 66 degrees, and then kicks back on up to 72, and then it kicks off again. I don't know what's going on. It doesn't bother me because I'm always hot anyway. Megan swears she's freezing to death. And this is a woman who in 72 degrees has like two blankets, three puppies, and a heating pad on. So, yeah, I'd like to have a new furnace. That'd be nice. I'd like to get this fixed. I've got a car with about 100,000 miles on it. It squeaks because everybody thinks my brakes are bad. It's what's called a brushing. It's just a Honda design problem. It doesn't affect the driving at all or the safety. It just squeaks. I'd like to get that fixed, but I'm just too cheap to spend hundreds of dollars just to fix a squeak. It gets me from A to B. 
But more than that, I mean, it would be great to have this stuff, and there's nothing wrong with being successful. I've said that, but, but here's the thing, folks. I know that our trip to Uganda is in doubt because Uganda has a shortage of, of COVID testing kits, and you have to have a test to get back on the plane. So that's why that's kind of in doubt. We're, we're trying, we hope. But for those of you who have been to Uganda, you've seen real poverty. What we call poor here in the United States, Africa calls middle class. We are blessed. We're already blessed. And of course, I want a long life. Look, I wish each and every one of you, I hate cancer, I hate, I hope every single one of you lives to be a hundred and some surrounded by friends and family before you go to be with the Lord. I hope you have success. I hope number of you hit the lottery and tithe. That would be great. I don't have anything against that at all. But God doesn't promise you that. We, the simple fact is he has promised more than we already deserve. The definition of grace is getting what you don't deserve. We don't deserve to have Jesus Christ die in our place for our sins. We don't deserve eternity. Every single one of us deserves to be cast away from God forever. He has bought our eternity with the blood of his Son. And we want more? All this stuff is pagan. And I remember, and anyone who teaches it is a false teacher. I remember when I was doing revolution, I got so mad. And I spoke a lot more bluntly there than I do here. And I got really mad because there was a health and wealth preacher in Columbus, very successful. And he had told his congregation, I'd heard about it, that everyone there who was driving an old, beat-up, used car was in sin, and that what they needed to do was go down to the Mercedes-Benz dealership and go in there and just put your hands on those Benzes and tell God this is what you want. You just speak that into reality. I wanted to smack him. You know how bad you make Christianity look when you send an entire church to a dealership and they just start stroking leather? You look like a bunch of weirdos. Give me a break. I wish it was true. That would be great if that was the gospel. You get salvation despite the fact that you don't deserve it. And then... And like my best Bob Barker voice, and a brand new car! That would be awesome. And I'm not immune from that at all. I have been very, very materialistic in my life. I have been very selfish when it comes to my health, when I've had health scares, when I've had a number of surgeries. When I was moved out to Hollywood when I was a teenager. I had this studio apartment. I saw these bugs. I didn't know what they were. I later learned they were cockroaches. Never seen one before. I had to spray raid around my bed at night. But I had a post over Lamborghini on my wall. 
because I thought I was going to be a big shot director, and the first thing I was going to do was buy one of those. I'm glad I didn't become a big shot director. I did direct one music video for Latin MTV. I will never tell you what it is. It is a visual abomination. It's awful. Awful. But I'm glad, one, I didn't become that success because if I had, I guarantee you I wouldn't be a Christian today. That's one. Two, have you ever read the Lamborghini? I have. They look good. They go fast. They're about as comfortable as sitting on a bicycle without a seat. They are so low to the ground, you feel pebbles in a Lamborghini. We have more than we need. We have more than we could ever use. By the world standards, we're wealthy. God has been very good to us. Very, very good to us. And I hope I remain healthy. I'll be 50 in a few months. I'm not happy about it. Where'd the time go? And I, I hope to, to live a long life. But I might not. God doesn't promise you that even if you're the most faithful Christian in the world, but a doctor won't come in and say it's cancer and it's stage four. He doesn't promise you that. He promises you that if you die from that stage four cancer, you have faith in Jesus Christ, you'll be with him. We need, I understand the desire. You see something and it's right there and it's tangible as opposed to this thing we haven't seen and can't even really imagine. And so we gravitate toward that instead of grace. I get it. I absolutely get it. Solomon tells his son, keep the covenant, be a priesthood to all nations, and God will bless you, including materially. But then the only one who ever kept the law perfectly, the only one who ever lived the covenant perfectly, was tortured and killed on a cross. And we deserve better? I don't think so. I just don't think so. I remember dad telling me a story. I don't remember a lot of dad's stories growing up in the church because I was a pagan kid and I didn't want to be here. But I do remember this one. He had a buddy who's a good Christian man and he had cancer. Died fairly young. This is in the 70s and he would lay in bed and he would ask dad to bring him friends who were unbelievers. And he would sit there just maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet with a cancer was just eating him. And he'd look up at his unsafe friends and say, I don't have, don't touch me, it hurts. And I don't have much longer. I'm going to be with the Lord and I want you to promise me you'll be there with me one day too. That's faithfulness. That's what God deserves.
I've told you this story before, once before. How many of you have ever drank or at least seen Borden milk? Right? Yeah. The Borden family. In the 19th century, Borden milk was the milk when people usually only drank milk and beer. About it. So the Borden family was very, very, very wealthy. And they went to church, but the father only talked about the business and how important the business was. How important it was for his family to know the business, to be able to run the business. The business was everything. But William heard the gospel preached and began to wonder, is the business really everything? And he was walking down the street thinking about a sermon that he heard, and a child recited a line from a poem and a hymn written by C.T. Studd. And the line he heard was, only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. And Borden heard that, and he broke down in tears, and he prayed for forgiveness, and he committed himself wholly to the Lord. He began to work at orphanages and homeless shelters in and around New Haven, Connecticut, where he was attending Yale University. And then when he graduated Yale, he broke his father's heart because he said, I'm not going into the family business. God is calling me to be a missionary. And he didn't just go anywhere. He decided to go to Egypt. His father told him that if he did that, he would be cut off financially from the family. He would have no inheritance, nothing to fall back on. On that very day, William Borden opened his Bible and he wrote, No Reserve. He went to Egypt saw how tough it was going to be to try to convert Muslims in Egypt, how tough it was to learn the language. And he wrote in his Bible, no retreat. But then after a while, William Borden contracted meningitis. When his mother traveled to Egypt to get his body, she picked up his Bible and opened it. And on the day he died, he wrote, no regrets, no reserve, no retreat, no regrets. I hope and pray to be that faithful. I hope and pray that you will be that faithful. I hope and pray as this pandemic hopefully winds up, that this church will be that faithful so that we can reach the unchurched. No reserve, no retreat, no regrets. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, as tough as it can be. We thank you for your, the good news 
that because your son lived a perfect life and died on the cross in our place, that those who place faith in him will have eternal life, which is more than we deserve. We thank you for the blessings that we do have in this life, for our homes and food we eat, friends we have. Every day of life, may every single member of this church thank you for another day that you have given. But may may we really show our thankfulness by being faithful, by praying more, worshiping with everything we have, sharing the gospel with those who don't know it, giving to those in need as best we can. Pray for Patrick and Eddie because, as you know, Lord, this false gospel, the health and wealth, prosperity gospel, so-called gospel, is raging through Africa. As your servant Patrick says, it's just witchcraft. May you give them the spirit to combat it and the words to combat it, the spirit to combat it. May this lie out of the pit of hell that came from this country die off and may your true gospel be proclaimed from the rooftops. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, I'm done short again, but a couple things. One, your kids may need, if you've got kids in the kids' ministry, you may want to give them about five minutes to to wrap up, because I don't want the Sunday school teachers mad at me. Uh, I try to avoid that as well. And number two, let's hear it, Gary, who day? Go Bengals. God bless. See (laughs) Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.